Welcome to our podcast, it's the latest thing you know We're talking into mics just like on the radio But we can talk about buttholes and boobies and everything more Dicks and cunts and smoking blunts will come up for sure Rap time, motherfucking dick sucking pussy loving time Say some more shit just to make it all rhyme No, just start a fucking show Welcome to Beard in the Semi. I am Andrew. He's eating a Twix. I can't say his name right now. He's David. Mm, I am Twix. <laughs> nom nom nom. That's tasty. <laughs> oh guys, how are you doing? I'm good. I just had my breakfast. It was four Twixes and some iced tea. Okay, but was it like a double Twix or were they four individual Twixes? Or is it four double Twixes? Fun size. It's Halloween, motherfucker. Oh, fuck it is, you know. I don't know why I forgot. On Friday, I went to a Halloween drag show. I should have really uh, remembered. Pretty big clue, Andrew. <laughs> Pretty big clue. Yeah, everyone had like blood on them. There that was like it. witchcraft and shit going on, like sexy nurses. Which is weird. When you go to a, a, a Halloween drag show, you wouldn't expect to see a sexy female nurse be a part of it but they were and uh, it was genuinely a woman as well it took me all like all night of her like bending over with like her puss hanging out to realize it wasn't hanging out obviously um <laughs> that, that would have been that would have genuinely been out, like mate. a halloween not a woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it took me all night to realize that it was genuinely a woman uh, amongst all the um women for that night I don't, I don't know how you refer to to drags uh transvestites trans- no because like a transgenders surely surely a drag is just Gigi. like a one is like a performance thing queens. as opposed to that's what you call them i just remember queens, queens. yeah you call them queens don't you call them queens pretty sure you call them queens cool yeah other than a queen queen i can't remember what my sentence was to to finish it with this yes halloween that's fun <laughs> It's a special time. Is it just because you get loads of fun-sized candy? I'm not doing anything this year. Do you usually do? I, I've tried to, but I, going, I've gone to a club before in Halloween, and I promised myself never again. Yeah. It is the worst thing to do. Is it horrifying? Because they just let everyone inside, and it's just hot and sweaty, and you're yeah. wearing a costume, so you're not in comfortable clothing either. Mm. And... They bump up the prices for everything, and they try and act like it's a Halloween night. It's like it's just a normal club. <laughs> just let me in fancy dress. I've made all the effort. <laughs> You've done nothing, but I'm paying you extra to get inside. Yeah, they they had to bump up the prices. That must have taken them all day. Yeah, all night. Yeah, I'm sure. And they fucking sell tickets in advance, but then they sell tickets on the door. So you're like, whoa. Whole point was that. If you bought the tickets, then no one else would come in. Yeah. It would be a nice, chill vibe, but no. House parties, I think, are the best for Halloween. I've had some good house parties. Yeah. Well, I mean, the best the best thing I went to, me and Ree, we went to see Nao on Halloween. And she was doing her gig in a church. Who? Nao. Uh, she's like, yeah, she's like some sort of like funky r&b artist she's actually she's actually really good i really liked her but she was performing in a church so for halloween we went down to this church in brighton just to just to go see her perform that was like the best halloween i think i've had because no one was dressed up well some people were but most people were there for the gig so they didn't care about the whole like halloween aspect 
It just so happened to fall on Halloween. But I thought it was pretty sick. Well, I went to see um, Little Dicky. It wasn't on Halloween. It was just after Halloween. Yeah. And I have a rule for Halloween. You are not allowed to dress up for Halloween. It has to be scary. Because I get mad. For example, you said you saw a sexy nurse. Why? What is that to do with Halloween? Well, I mean, she had, like, makeup on that suggests she's, like, dead. Sexy nurse is fancy dress. And like, That's a different yeah. thing. And people get confused and it makes me mad. Halloween is for scary shit. Uh, Nothing yeah. else. <laughs> Zombies. Dead people. Fucking. So long as you did, I don't give a fuck yeah. what you dressed up as. So long as you managed to splatter some blood on yourself, uh, you can be whatever you want. Yeah. But if you didn't even splatter some blood, you are not in a Halloween costume. Yeah. You are dressed like a moron. But it is just fancy dress now, isn't it? It's not about being scared or scaring people. It's no, just my fancy dress. Will not be, I tell you that for sure. You come to my house, fancy dress, I'm spraying you with blood <laughs> when you walk in. What if you've my already got blood, blood on you? Do you do you I check them first or do you just spray me. blood on everyone? If you come fancy dressed on my Halloween party, I'll spray blood on you. I cut a vein open. Cut my jugular to spray the whole house. Then we'll see. Then we'll see. <laughs> that was too dark. Ah, it's too early in the morning. <laughs> homework. Did you do it? Ah, from homies to homework. Yes. Yes I did. I did it quite quickly, actually, surprisingly. Not surprisingly, it's music. It's... Did you enjoy it? I did. I knew the song River because that's on my drive-in mm. playlist. So I'd heard that before, but I'd never wow. actually listened to the album. And I, I really liked it. It's a good album. Yeah. Yeah, like, it was like you said, it's got such an old sound. It was like some sort of like 50s track where he's got like bits of like swing and jive sounds in there, which I thought was quite cool, especially for like a modern day song. Yeah. I also found them quite sweet. Yeah, you know I mean, like it wasn't very, it yeah. wasn't like complex. It seemed like what he was saying is what he meant. There weren't like double entendres or like hidden meanings. It wasn't like "I love you, girl," but what he really means is "I fucked you in the ass last week." Like it's none of that. It's just literally just like a nice love song, <laughs> which I thought was really yeah. cool. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like his voice. Yeah, yeah, it definitely suits the style that he's playing. The sort of sounds of the instruments are really nice as well. And the the album, it, it's just it goes like up and down. So you've got like you've got the nice like fun songs that you feel like you could dance to, but then they've got like the the sort of slow ones where you'd be in your Chevrolet at the top of a lookout point with a girl. Like <laughs> it had that sort of sort of feel to it, I think. But I really liked it. The other thing that I found quite refreshing, I don't well, remember if, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, he doesn't swear at all in any of the tracks. No, but that's just, that's not the style of the music he was doing, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of doing, like you say, a bit of sway, a bit of blues. Yeah. A little, it's just, it's a 50s sound, basically. Yeah. Maybe a little bit older, if anything. Yeah, maybe like He's got 30s. a little bit of a mixture of everything, yeah. but all those kind of old tracks... Don't swear. Swearing and yeah. stuff, for one, just straight up wasn't allowed. Yeah. And for two, it was just, it wasn't, showed it, it wasn't yeah. necessary. You can make a song about having to fucking say, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck, you know? You yeah, know? and that's what I really liked about it, is that, like you say, you, it just shows that you don't have to have swearing. And swearing's every, like, part of my everyday vocabulary. I, I swear all the time, yeah. like, every day. There's nothing wrong with it. No, but it's like... But it's just it's, it's refreshing I think yeah for, especially for the whole yeah. whole album 
because uh, you know i guess that with a lot of the rock songs i listen to you can go through most most of the album without hearing a swear word sometimes even a whole album but it's quite an aggressive album anyway so it feels like they're swearing yeah uh, but this was just completely there's nothing like that so i i found it quite quite a nice listen oh i wanted to show you as well and i forgot to get it uh, is there's this um this place i think in like amsterdam i want to say uh, called tiny music desk or something like that right and you, they'll get performers to do some live renditions of their songs mm. and he does a few of, this, of his songs on there and it sounds almost the same. Yeah. But he looks so awkward and shy as well. Like he really fits the personality. Yeah. To some degree of his music, you know. Now for like sure. He just seems like a sweet, innocent young man. Yeah. A nice chap. Just has a beautiful voice and wants to sing it. Yeah. 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 It's it's, it's nice to see yeah. that. And I, yeah, I, feel I think like it does music come like across. That is not appreciated enough. For sure. You know, right. and there's no reason for it not to be. Like River is a beautiful song. Mm. It's it's so it's so it. simple as well. Because I'm pretty sure it's just, it's literally yeah. just him and the guitar, isn't it? And it's yeah, they're quite simple beats. Like uh, most of it just comes off like the the string of the guitar. So, or like the the way in which he plays the guitar, you can tell like he's sort of getting a lot of the sounds and the vibrations from just slapping like the the wood sort of around like the sound hole to make it more ambient but it works better than if you were to have you know a whole a whole band there or a whole orchestra or something electronically done it just yeah it just seems so mellow and chill yeah but yeah i thought it was really I cool love it. i love that i thought i thought you'd enjoy it yeah because i think you enjoy songs that you can hear instruments and things like that yeah what well, i like to call music no, i'm joking yeah i i if ever i can tell a real instrument being played i'm always more keen just because i think it shows yeah it shows the dedication that's gone into making this song sound that bit better you know you've got you, yeah. you've potentially gone and you've so worked through right yeah finding the right chord that fits and and trying different ways of um strumming or picking or or you know whatever it might be to get that sound i just think it it just seems like and you've gone through more as well yeah and then when you when you play it, you can sort of. Uh, I know you weren't a big fan of Counting Crows album, but with a lot of them, they they would have been in that like a studio recording a track for fucking hours. So when it's a sad track, everyone's fucking depressed and angry and miserable, and that comes true in the song. And I feel like you, that's the sort of thing you'd get with his album. Is it's it's very much. It's all it's, because it's all feeling. It's it's very easy to come through in in song. When it's when it's not uh, artificially yeah. made, and I think you can tell that when you listen to this album. Yeah, it's, it's it it kind of frustrates me, you know that like if you played any one river, for example, mm. so everyone would like be obviously it depends on your kind of mood, but no one would deny that it's a a lovely song mm. like, just to hear, in a way, and he's got a lot of songs that are like that, yeah, and yet he's not a bigger name. Which, to some degree, might be a good thing, because you know what happens when people get bigger. Yeah. It's not that they sell out, it's just they have to do this or that, and then it's yeah. just, the, the songs are just not the same anymore. Well, I've always had this theory when it comes to albums, and everyone says the first album's the best. 
And you're like, of course it is. They've been working on 16 years for that album. The second album that comes out a year later is because they're being forced to by the producers. They've got less time. Sometimes the second album's yeah. good, but again, that's that's still part of their back catalogue. And then you'll eventually get to a point yeah. where all the songs are brand new and they've had to have been worked on in six months. So they're never as good. They'll just go for quick and catchy and what's going to sell records because it's going to get the label off their back so they can work on what they really want to work on. And sometimes they get lost away in the money and, you know. But that's just a theory. I don't have any uh, factual evidence to back this up. I think it's I think it's a pretty accurate description of the music industry. I mean... Like, Kings of Leon, people give a, li- a lot of shit for mm. because their albums sound the same. And I'm like, but it sells. Yeah. And in all honesty, if you like the first album and the sixth album is exactly the same... What's yeah, the what's the difference? Like, you enjoyed the first one, you still enjoy the first one. If this one's the same, but it's got different tracks to it, so it's got different beats, but you still get the same hype, then what's wrong? Yeah. You enjoy it. It's yeah. good. That's a good thing. Because if you listen to the first Kings of Leon album and you listen to the current one anyway, mm. you can see that they had an evolution and they got to a point where they were like, oh my God, this works. Yeah. People like us now. Yeah, and yeah. they stuck with that one. For sure. You know. Yeah. Well, if it ain't broke, then, don't fix Kings, it. Kings of Leon have become a household name. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, this works. Let's continue it. Mm. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But then, you know, but that's what I'm saying. When you become... Like, he might not be very successful. Maybe people don't want to hear that kind of music, which I think is a shame. But if he makes another album, which has got just that slight difference, and people gravitate towards it that time around, he'll stick more with that shit yeah. than with his first album yeah. shit. For Even sure. though people who listen to his first album after the fact will go, that was a better album. Mm. But at that point, it's too late. Yeah. No one bought that. <laughs> yeah. No proof. So. No, it would be it would be a shame, but at the same time, you sort of want that balance where they don't, not necessarily they don't change too much. One thing that I really liked about Taylor Swift and her first sort of four albums, everything um, she did per album was something slightly different. So, uh, for example, I think it was Speak Now, which I think was her third album, was the first album that she wrote entirely by herself. Before that, she'd been co-writing. So I was like, cool, this album is actually just 100% her. The second album, she, uh, the album after that, which was Red, she was like, you know what, I'm a big enough name that I just want to work on this album with people that I want to work with. So every track has like a different producer. It's potentially got like a different writer with her. Um, she's got different artists. So she has like Ed Sheeran and the guy from Snow Patrol on a, on a couple of tracks that they worked on together. And I'm like, that's really cool that you've done something completely different, but you've got more motive behind it. It's like you wanted to try something different. I thought that was really cool. And then shit, shit went sideways and I didn't even finish the album 1989. But like... I like that sort of little bits of difference. So it'd be cool if if he was to yeah. to do I guess something like that where it's not it's not totally different, but just trying something new. Cause fuck it, why not? You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not gonna get me to listen to Taylor Swift though, so stop trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I was thinking, what cover has Taylor Swift done that I can give to you? But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, unless you want to listen to her Sounds of the Seasons, which I guess you probably don't. <laughs> I figured I'd just steer clear from her. You know what? If you want me to listen, I'll listen. I'm a sport. 
you know, I'm a good guy, but... I don't know, maybe I'll just make it your forfeit when you lose these debates. Yeah, I think that'd be a good forfeit, yeah. like an hour of... Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. I mean, I'm not gonna lose the debate, but, you know, whatever. Um, cool, so your, your homework, I guess, uh, turns out, was, I guess, kind of similar in the sort of sound or the um, the feeling that it had me experience. Yeah, it was very hypnotic. Yeah, yeah. I found. I like, that's another thing in music that I don't think they do as much anymore. you got that group that does it, what's it called, like, Pentatonics or whatever the fuck, the Harmony group, but they're a bit to like the glee club okay like, yeah you just seem happy yeah weird when they do it but this one because you don't see their faces at least yeah it's just like music yeah and it's cool and you like when you go doo, 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 doo. like i really like when it goes like high and yeah low i i really do miss that that vibe i miss old music i think it's mm. i've always gravitated more towards it and it's like it's strange because it's always been that way. Like I always like when I was a kid, like Elvis and and stuff like that. When I was growing up, yeah. Um, more than the newer shit. And obviously, as I've gotten older, I've I've gotten more into the newer stuff. But yeah. there was a point where I basically just didn't listen to music because I didn't like the music I was hearing. Yeah, same. And then I got more into it as I got a little bit older. Yeah. But I've always still preferred to some degree like older music like I, sure. I listen to blues i don't like have an album of blues but like i like just putting it on Shuffle, and just hearing yeah. a new blues just, track yeah. i've not heard before yeah because i like that vibe of music yeah that that's from that sort of yeah, when I was like thirteen, my music was my music choice was either Brian Adams or Frank Sinatra, and that was it. Those were the only two artists that I listened to because everything else that was new, like you say, it was it wasn't for me, and so I just sort of went backwards. No. But I feel like it made yeah. me appreciate music more. It doesn't make sense that music is the way it is now because it's bad. Like, and it's, <laughs> it, it's I just obviously we get older and we lose an understanding of what is current yeah but objectively is bad like no one's gonna be listening to mumble rap 20 years from now because it's bad mm. like it's just a shit like when you're when you're in your 50s right you're not gonna be sitting there listening to a mumble rapper because they're not saying anything of substance yeah Do you see what I'm, like it's just like, you're not going to sit there and be, like, really contemplating their lyrics yeah. 50 years from now. Whereas people still listen to Elvis to this day. Yeah. Right? Man died 60 years ago. He's so not relevant to our timeline yeah. anymore, but we still listen to his music, you know? And, yeah. And the same for people like Frank Sinatra and... Michael uh, Jackson. Like Queen, <laughs> for example. They, yeah. He just made a biopic. Because... Yeah. That music will stay with people forever. I feel like rock generally does, but even old hip hop stays with people. Yeah, I think. But I this think, new shit, yeah. I can't. I can't see a fifty-year-old sitting there listening to like Takeshi Six Nine and being like, "Yeah, these were good songs." I le- yeah, I like, think. I mean, the reason why I don't get as annoyed as I used to is like you say, good music's going to stand the test of the time. So in 50 years, you're only going to be listening to what's good. So why, like, why care about what's out there now? Like, if some if some guy wants to fucking love up one of these artists that are around for three, four years, 
and dedicate their whole life to listening to them and tell everyone that they're wrong and that's the best artist, then that's fine because in 50 years' time, we're going to find out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, used, I used to get really pissed off at it. But now I'm just sort of like, yeah, right, I made the right choice. <laughs> well, we dust you, bruh. You just hide. Bro. You just don't give a fuck about anything. Yeah, basically. I don't, I don't have enough care. Well, speaking of getting high, actually, I'll talk about this. After this quick message. Beards. Short, long, thick and strong. Beards. Bushy, patchy, little moustachey. Beards. Soft, smooth, make up for men. Beards. Let's hear some facts again. Andrew, Hi. did you know... That beards grow faster when a man has not had sex in a while. So that's why mine's so big. No, I'm joking. No, Andrew, I did not. Is how it... long have you known me? <laughs> Quite a while. Did, did I have much sex? Don't know. No. I don't. We'll, I, we'll I say no not. for the argument. I only started having sex in in recent years, and my beard is the exact same fucking length. <laughs> I could bullshit on this. Maybe they mean, like, if you don't masturbate as well, but, like, who in the fuck is not having sex and also not masturbating? That's how you get evil people yeah. in this world. Or priests. Um, or priests. But even priests don't have these magnificent beards half yeah. the time. If anyone should have a magnificent beard by that fucking fact, it's fucking priests, which means mm. they're masturbating. Or yeah. fucking children. That is the way to catch them. You don't have an impressive if beard. How many children have you been he's fucking? Genuine. Yeah. He's real. He's for real. He's with God. If he's got no beard, he's fucking little boys. I mean, he could also be shaving. Got that motherfucker. Nah. <laughs> Why would you do that? Jesus had a beard. I mean, I, I get the under. I, I get. I guess the theory behind it is that if beard growth is based off like testosterone, and you you've just got it swimming around in your ballsack. Unless they mean bottom beards, you know, like your balls. Maybe they've got massive beards on their balls. Like proper Gandalf-style pubes going down. It looks like they got a massive well, cock, but it's really just either. like a plaid so, pube. So, sir, I'm, I'm saying I just don't have a lot of testosterone by the sounds of it. I mean, like, how much quicker? I don't care. <laughs> My beard don't grow quick. <laughs> it never has. And believe me, I have had very little sex. So... Why is it no big? I should have the biggest beard ever. <laughs> I didn't have sex until I was 21, and I had no facial hair. <laughs> At that point, anything, it started growing more after I had the sex. Interesting. Okay, I like right. a man. I think here's what you should do. Not have any sex for a year, and then see, so measure your beard levels, and then just have sex every day for a year. And measure your beard levels. Go go to like one of the universities. I don't know how Mariana would feel about that. <laughs> but if you go to one of the universities and try and get them to to uh, finance it, you might get like a PhD at the end where they'll be like, Doctor David did sexual and beard research for two years, and here are his findings. Here's a Nobel Prize. It's unlikely. A Nobel Prize for discovering whether or not sex helps your beard grow. Or not. <laughs> Mate, if, if it's a Nobel Prize, I'm sure there are going to be like loads of philosophers there scratching their beards, like, hmm. No. <laughs> it's a terrible one. It was worth an idea. <laughs> worth an idea? Worth a shot. No, it wasn't. It was worth, worth a, a shot. Yeah. Alright. All right. It could work. I'm just saying, don't rule anything it out at work. this point. 
Maybe start maybe start with the sex for a year part and then give up halfway through the as in the second year. Just give up them. Why wouldn't you just have sex every day for a month and not have sex every day for a month and see why a whole year? Huh? Because a year is sufficient data, isn't it? But bro, why would you do that to me? I barely <laughs> had sex. Well, then so it's no pro it's no problem to give it up. Anymore? Again? <laughs> for a year? That's just mean. You don't have sex. And you shave your face. <laughs> no, I already shaved my head, so, I'm not shaving my face. I've got I've got to be hairy and somewhat. How is the hair growing on your head currently? Ah, uh, it's it's growing back. Is it an inch yet? No, maybe Do about maybe about half an inch. You're not going to grow your hair out long, are you? Because man, I've been trying and actually it's hard. Huh? Uh, as into what I had before. Yeah. yeah. No, I will be. It's going to take fucking years, man. Uh, it will take just under a year, I reckon. Well, it's been a year and a half and this shit's still barely reaching the back of my head. So, I disagree. As as you know, I'm hairier than you, just just by yeah. default. So, <laughs> maybe that maybe that's why your beard didn't grow is just because you're not that naturally hairy. But you, you're British. You've got hair everywhere. I don't get it. I guess because you needed it more. But I still call bullshit. <laughs> Cool. Anywho. Well, well, if any scientists uh, that have taken this uh, my, this uh, test in not having sex for a year and then having sex for a year and measuring beard hair is by any chance listening, if they ever went through that, you can let us know what your findings are. Or maybe we've already read your yes. findings and are disputing it. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Good call to action, Andrew. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Guys, I went to Comic-Con. And I was alone for half of it, and that was lonely, and it was sad. But then my friends came and I had fun. Uh, <laughs> How long was this well, lonely part? We, did you literally just arrive five minutes before, and then just all of a sudden, like, uh, Hello Darkness, my old friend, just starts playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, five minutes, you're just, like, fucking weeping and shit. Five minutes later, they show up, and it turns to, like, sunshine and lollipops. Is that what happened? Sunshine's falling on my head. Uh, no, it was it was alright. It was just I've been before on my own and like the whole time mm. on my own, and it was kind of depressing. Well, the, th the thing I find with Comic Con is everyone's got their groups, and I'm not part of anyone's groups, so they're not unfriendly. They'll talk to you and shit, but for one, I'm not friendly, <laughs> so <laughs> I won't talk to you. <laughs> and hey, want to be our friend? Fuck off! I'm by myself. <laughs> And for two, even if they are nice and talk to you, eventually they'll fuck off to their group or they'll start talking to their group and you're just sat there yeah. kind of with people but on your own. Yeah. Which is kind of worse, I think. Yeah, there's nothing more, there's nothing worse than being like the 15th will in a group. Yeah, like no one knows you but this one dude. Yeah. And he's talked to you for five minutes but now all his friends want to talk to him. Mm. And so you're kind of sat there and they don't want to talk to you because they don't know you. So you, you feel like that one, you know when you see the scene where he, someone just walks up and goes, ha 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 and they don't know what you're laughing yeah. at. Yeah. And they look at you like, what you, you think? Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I had that kind of vibe. I yeah. wish I didn't. Like I, I wanted to go to Comic-Con this time around guys and, 
and film shit and take photos. I thought maybe I could get people to listen to our debates and vote, and that would have been a fun little segment. Yeah. But I did have some thoughts of what I would like to do for the next Comic-Con, if you are here. And I wanted to run them by you. I thought it would be interesting if we did a cosplay. Mm-hmm. Um, as neither of us have ever done cosplay before, I want us to do like a proper cosplay. Like, actually build our thing. Not like just buy a fucking fancy little people that buy these fucking costumes and then walk in in the costume and they're like, yeah, no, no, that's fancy dress. That's not cosplay. I'm very specific. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds it. I feel like a Halloween party at yours is going to be more like a like a fucking Nazi uniform inspection than an actual party. Fucking dress right, you know? <laughs> if I say black tie event and you walk in trainers, I'm allowed to get mad, you know? So if I say Halloween costume and you walk in as a sexy nurse with no blood on you, I'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> You didn't come in appropriate attire. <laughs> you don't get to be a part of the party. So if your girlfriend ever, <laughs> ever dresses up for you and you're like waiting on the bed and she walks in in a sexy nurse's outfit, it's Halloween. Are you just going to be like, no, no, you haven't read the specifications. <laughs> Go back in the bathroom and put some blood on yourself. Because there's nothing to do with Halloween party. That's just sexy role play. That's cool. I don't on Halloween mind, though. But... But it doesn't matter if it's on Halloween. You can get fancy dressed on Halloween. But if you go to a Halloween party in fancy dress, fuck yourself. <laughs> Who gets dressed on Halloween and just sits there, just like fucking munching chips watching TV? <laughs> Me. I would definitely do that. That sounds fun, to be honest. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds fun. Especially if I can fit into a sexy saying, nurse's uniform. <laughs> Just get dressed up for no reason and then just start eating junk food. Uh, you know what? I have thought that. You know, you know when you they have all these Oscars and shit like that, and everyone's wearing all these expensive dresses and like suits and stuff. I'm like, if I spent as much money as they do on these dresses, I would wear it at any opportunity. Like, I would genuinely, if I if I was like Angelina Jolie with one of these like million dollar dresses, I would definitely eat Cheetos in front of the TV in that dress. I would get my money's worth. I'd do the ironing and shit in that. I just, I would get every penny. Well, there's um, there's a female comedian called Tiffany Haddish, I think her name is. And she done that. She wore, she bought this dress, and she said it was really expensive. And on during an interview, they were like, "Oh, where'd you get this dress?" And she explained it, and she's like, "I'm wearing this to more than one function." Yeah. <laughs> and then she did. She wore it to two other functions because she was like, "This shit was expensive." Yeah, man. It looks good. What the fuck oh, yeah. is wrong with me turning up in the same dress? Which I thought was very good because men turn up in suits. <laughs> But women gotta wear the, a different dress yeah. every time, or for some reason be judged. It's like, but it looks good. Yeah. Like Angelina Jolie walking out out once with that black dress, and she put her leg out, and everyone was like, "Oh my god!" Like if you wore that dress again, Angelina Jolie, no one would be like, "Uh, you wore the same dress." Everyone would be like, "Oh my god!" Again, because you you know, yeah. it looked good. Yeah. Just, just wear it again. Um. But we've gone off on the tangent. <laughs> yes. We can't go off because so you're going to get delirious if we're not careful. Um. Uh, so Comic-Con was good. I feel like we should do cosplay, Andrew. 
Um, I feel like we should make it a little competition. And then whoever wins has to do a forfeit during Comic Con. Sounds like a interesting idea it could be yeah do you not think so yeah, yeah I like the idea in I just, theory I just wanted to I just wanted the listeners to know that that was a thought I had and also that I was lonely at Comic Con <laughs> and that I didn't see one Luke Cage or Iron Fist but I saw many Daredevils and I just I wondered why Andrew I wondered why because Luke Cage and Iron Fist no my Fist segue was terrible true. okay fair enough <laughs> Fair enough, it was a bad segue. I knew it. I knew it as I was doing it. I couldn't think of anything. Um, but. It's fine. Andrew, they cancelled Luke Cage and they cancelled Iron Fist. Yeah. Daredevil uh, is apparently very good. I've only watched the first few episodes, so I'm not fully in. How many have you watched? I've finished it. Oh, you motherfucker. You couldn't watch. 20 episodes of One Piece in three weeks, but we watched 13 episodes of Daredevil in a weekend. Uh, I would say bookmark the last five episodes and, and start the, the first of the last five at a decent time so that when you've finished it, when, uh, after the fifth episode, it's still a good time to go to bed because on Thursday night... Me and my girlfriend, we were about halfway through Daredevil. And then at 3.30 in the morning, we'd finished the entire season and had to go to bed and get up for work the next day. Those last five episodes, you think... When the episode starts, you're like, cool, after this one, we'll turn it off and go to bed. And then you realise that you're actually through the next episode and... (laughs) You were just too busy, like getting another beer, chatting about what you just seen. And then you got, you got two more left. Yeah, and, and then it's just like, yeah, fuck it. So yeah, the last five episodes started. Do wait. Started at a good time, so that you finish at an appropriate time that you can go to bed. Uh, is my advice. But I, I think it's the best season of Daredevil and the most complete. I love season one. I've seen it over 20 times. The first two episodes of season one, I think, are the best episodes there are. 100% they're just the best episodes. But this is an entire season, I think, is the most complete. Well, season, season one was good, but it ended with a lot of open questions. Yeah. Like, it was just the beginning, you know? Yeah. The, like, there was still a lot more to come. Yeah. Season two, halfway through, t- turned into the beginning of the Defenders TV show. Yeah. Rather than being about Daredevil. Yeah, for sure. Because it's it still enjoyable. Really on, but... on introducing two separate shows. Yeah. Season two, it was still good, but it was very focused on like creating the Punisher. Yeah. And Elektra for the Defenders TV series. Yeah. Season three so far. I can tell is already very focused on Daredevil. Yeah. And Andrew, you're going to need to continue talking about how good it is while I go and find a charger. Because I'm on 2%. On That's fine. Cool. All right. Tell the people how good it was. So. Um, Hashtag spoilers. <laughs> uh, nah, you know what? I'll, I'll try not to, to spoil anything. It starts very slow, I found. I really like how they've built the characters. 
So one thing that my girlfriend said is she didn't give a shit about Karen Page. Like, just really didn't care about her as a character. I kind of agree. This season, she's much more likable. Or you're you're able to sympathise with her a little more. I, I, I thought she was a better character. Kingpin, I think, is a much better character in this. I really like him in the first season. He is very good. Except for the whole Vanessa part. And Vanessa's obviously a big part of season one. This one, he's much more... He's still like Vanessa or whatever he does the whole the whole time, but he's just a much better better character in this. I find he's much he's actually really quite scary. When once you've watched it and you just hear how the people talk about him, you're like, if this man would like genuinely existed in real life, he would be the most terrifying person in the world. And that makes him like that yeah. makes it, and he he plays it so well, but it just makes his character so much better that you're like, holy shit! Like the amount, the intelligence this man had, but like ignore how how strong, like physically strong and brute he is. Just the pure intelligence of this man is terrifying, and they do it so yeah. well because it, it's it's not necessarily. He never turns around and he's like, I own the police or I own you or I can do whatever I want. He doesn't do any of that. It's other people saying words for him that make him more terrifying. And I just think that's such a nice element that he doesn't have to say anything for himself. The fear is based it's on everyone around for him. A villain, right? Yeah. It's, it's, he, he doesn't go on like, I mean, I haven't watched it, but he doesn't usually go off like on these long villainous monologues about how great he is and how he's gonna no he, he never talks about himself and i think he has monologues and he has even villainous monologues but, but it's usually not it's not about slowing him. him down yeah. as the hero manages to find a way, way yeah. out it's usually the opposite yeah it's usually a way of him distracting you until he gets the fuck away yeah like cause or he, he figures out what he wants to do He's in the car at the end of season one. Yeah. He's talking to him about how he's just realised that he's the bad guy. He thought he was the good guy, but he yeah. realised he's the bad guy. And he breaks out and he fucks him up. And yeah, well, he yeah, he like, sort oh, of shit. like yeah, but he this is this is again look, just what I really liked is he's not like oh you can try and look me up it's not going to happen I'm going to break out blah blah blah. There's none of that in that. He's just telling a story. And, uh, and, like, the guy's like, what the fuck is all... Like, why are you saying it? This doesn't make sense. And he's like, but it does. Because he just thinks that far ahead that he he knows what he's doing. And that is the most terrifying thing. And like I say, you know he's a big, strong guy. You know he can take you out with his bare hands. But he's like, don't need to. And that's that's... I yeah. think that's really good. That's probably what makes him scariest, is, like, you can't defeat him... In either capacity, yeah. to some degree, you know, yeah. like, you can't beat him physically, but you can't beat him mentally to some degree yeah. as well. Like, and they, they do obviously he'll lose because he's the villain. Yeah, uh, it'd be it'd be so awesome, I think, if he could be in the movies. Personally, mm. Mm. I would like to see Kingpin in like a Spider-Man movie, like him, like Vincent D'Onofrio as. Oh, Wilson Fisk in Spider-Man Homecoming 3. Especially because Peter Parker's so young. Yeah. 
in this, you could see the kingpin kind of influencing him in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what's what I really like about him being Daredevil's villain is like the the crisis of conscience that it puts Daredevil in. Daredevil is one of even before these TV, even before Ben Affleck's film which was shit. Even before that, Daredevil was one of my favourite characters, and one of the things I really loved was his relationship with the church and God, because it's so contradictory, and Kingpin, in every Daredevil, puts him in this situation where he's like, what do I do? Like, genuinely, what do I do? I think Peter Parker, or Spider-Man, doesn't have that same crisis he doesn't have that same relationship with faith that it would weigh on him as much as it would daredevil and i think that's why he's the better villain despite originally being a spider-man villain i think the reason he sort of moved over to daredevil and is sort of stuck as one of daredevil's main villains is because of that you know spider-man could take out kingpin because yeah, I mean, spider-man, spider-man is super kind of strong beats him and puts him in prison yeah and then he gets out of prison and then spider-man beats him and puts him in prison again. yeah but with this, yeah, it's... constantly contemplating, should I just kill this mother? Yeah. This season, there's just so many misleading characters that, again, you, you think they're one way. Like, genuinely, despite having seen so many TV shows, I was like, you know what, they've made this person look like a cunt, but they're actually quite a good guy. I reckon they're a good guy. They do that and just switch. But then sometimes they don't. So throughout the whole show, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I just don't know anymore. I don't know who is yeah. who is good and who is not. To be trusted. Though. Yeah, and, the, and you even get that with Daredevil, because there are some points where you're like, he, like, are they actually just going to do this? Like, are they like, are they going to go ahead and make him kill someone? Or, like, genuinely, I have no idea who's going to live, who's going to die. Is, is, you know, how how's he going to beat Fisk? Because... He's a fucking kingpin, man. He's a fucking terrifying monster. And it's just... Uh, the, the conclusion yeah. oh. just... Oh, I just... I, after it, I was just like... That is the fucking best end I can ever... Most ends of seasons are disappointing. To a degree, I even think season one, the last episode, was a bit disappointing. Um, well, not disappointing. It, it, caps, it caps it off well, way. yeah. That's what I mean, like... Season one is a good season. Yeah. Um, but we all knew what was going to happen to some degree. You yeah. Know what I mean, like, we knew he was going to get the suit at the end. We knew what was going to. Whereas at this point, it's anyone's game now. Yeah. Like, especially after they've cancelled two shows. Yeah. Like, who's to say they just don't kill him off at the end of this? Yeah. Season, yeah, and just be done with it. But just the the season end. I, me, me, and, and my girlfriend were just talking about it for ages. Just even now, we're still talking about it. It's just it is such a good end. And um, Charlie Cox and uh, what's the guy's name? Vincent. Yeah, just them when they when they're with each other. Like, as actors, yeah. they seem like they've got such good chemistry that watching scenes between them are so intense and you're literally just like on the edge of your seat watching and you're like i have no i have no idea how this is gonna go and i just i just thought it was fucking amazing i think it's the best marvel production ever the whole daredevil including season two although it's very bottom (laughs) very bottom of the list 
I think the Daredevil seasons are the best best Marvel creations so far, produced by Marvel. Well, I can't wait to get into our debate then. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you feel about... I kind of... I could see it with Iron Fist. I, I kind of... After watching that season, because it was just dirt poor. Mm. Like, considering how much I liked season one of Iron Fist, and I think it's funny because we were talking about it just the, in the last episode, I think. Yeah. The episode before last. How... I liked Luke Cage, didn't like Iron Fist, and both of them ended up getting cancelled. Yeah. Um, but for completely different reasons. So Iron Fist got cancelled because first season was mixed bag, but I'd say it's mostly negative over positive, right? Yeah. Second season was shit. Right. I don't care what anyone says. I haven't heard anyone give it a good. Uh, I haven't heard anyone give it a good or negative opinion. In my opinion, it was. Shit. It. Yeah. It was a bad season. It was filled with nothing. It made no sense. It was trying to add this mystery element to it. If anything, his character in the first season, while annoying, made sense. This season made no sense. Yeah. He was just a dick, and he was being annoying, and it was frustrating to watch. Well, so, I think what made I Am Fist season one decent was not him. It was the supporting cast. The story was bought like, yeah, it was a bit of shit. Uh, he, I wasn't too keen on, but like Colleen Wing, I thought was cracking. I, I thought if it wasn't for her, it would have been just such a shit series. I think she really helped elevate yeah. that series. Like he, yeah. the whole you're right. The whole thing did like Madame Yao was a big part of it, and I think she was pretty good. In yeah. It. Like he, she, he um, just had a, a good supporting cast to carry his shitness. He did. Uh, I, I've said this before this with Luke Cage. Was more is just the him other and way. Her though, and I feel like oh, they thought that this formula worked. Yeah. And they did it in Defenders, and then they did it again in this, and then it was just like this is she's accepting a little bit too much mm. from him. Like she keeps sacrificing a lot, and she's just doing this for him. And then at one point. I don't want to get into spoilers, but I'm going to spoil it. She's like, she she says she'll teach him, but she doesn't want to teach. And because she's teaching him, they need to separate themselves from the relationship because she's going to be a student of master. I'm like, why the fuck are you getting trained by her? You got trained by magical monks in the mountain and you're asking her to train you even though in season one, you were being the yeah. shit out of her. <laughs> about yeah <laughs> piss me off man they you know you know when you say in seasons like you they always do this with the women characters like they did it with uh, what's her name Roseanne's what, Rosario Dawson's character oh Claire Night Nurse yeah Claire, Claire Temple right they did it with Claire and in season uh, two of Daredevil they did it with what's that Karen place? Page Karen like and you got annoyed right because they put they made her this Superwoman out of nowhere, all of a sudden. Yeah. She'd never written an article in her life, all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, she's got her own fucking office, yeah. With this, she becomes better than him somehow in season two, and it's just like, what? Why? Why? She was never better than him. Never. Not at one point was she better than him. Like, she was good, but he whooped her every time. Every time they fought, 
he whooped her. It wasn't even close. Yeah. But then he's getting her to train him. And she's like, oh, we can't be lovers anymore if I'm training you. Like, why? Just train him and then Bang. don't train him afterwards. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was just the plot was so forced and predictable and dull. And then it ended badly. So it was a shit season. And Luke Cage, like, really changed my opinion of Luke Cage. And... I was really into it. So when I saw Iron Fist was getting cancelled, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I'm guessing he'll probably make cameos in other sh shows. Because well, yeah, it's, uh, Luke Cage and Iron, Iron Fist, Fist are meant to team up or something, but right? the actual... Sorry? Oh, they aren't, aren't Luke Cage and Iron Fist heroes for hire? Is it them two? Yeah, so that's that's the one of the theories, right, is... Uh, they cancelled Luke Cage a week after they cancelled Iron Fist, right? So, obviously, it wasn't the, for the same reason. So, one of the theories that of why they cancelled Luke Cage was... If you notice, Iron Fist has 10 episodes, whereas every other Marvel show has 13, right? Except Defenders, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's because Netflix has to pay more for each episode that they make. And obviously, at the time that Netflix got these shows, it was a huge deal. Because yeah. Netflix didn't have what they have now in terms of their TV shows and films and productions and shit, right? Nothing close to that. But now they do. So they're on a better negotiating field. Whereas before, Marvel was like, yo, you want these shows, you've got to pay us up for them. So they said, okay, we're not going to do anymore Iron Fist and then they're like well we want to reduce the episodes of Luke Cage because again as much as people like it it isn't as good as a show as the other two have been right yeah it's just not Jessica Jones and, and Daredevil have outdone them although yeah. I'd say Luke Cage season two was better than Jessica Jones season two Netflix don't want to make that anymore they want to just do the 10 episodes so they had to stop it like they created there was creative differences in where they wanted the shows to go and so they were like fuck it we're not going to do it anymore but the highest rated episode of luke cage season two was the episode called heroes for hire where luke cage and danny rand fight together and it is probably one of the more entertaining episodes because Luke Cage is one that doesn't give a shit about Danny's bullshit about the mysticism, right? So he plays as the straight man, whereas Danny plays as the weird kooky one, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that works, because if you don't like the mysticism part, you've got Luke Cage on it saying... To balance it out. Yeah. Bullshit. What are you talking about? Even though he's physically seen it. Yeah. <laughs> so why he, like, tries to deny it, I don't know. Right? But he's... He's like, nah, I'm good. That, that well, doesn't make sense. Well, this and, is what I say about both, Daredevil, and, right? If you were to unmask Daredevil, even if you saw him kicking the shit out of everyone, if you unmasked him, you still wouldn't believe it's a blind man. So so it's yeah. probably a similar thing. You, you've you seen his hand. Would you believe he punched the fucking heart out of a dragon? You'd be like, nah, man, that's just like some drugs you've taken, surely. Like, I don't believe... Like, I wouldn't believe it. Someone was just like, yeah, so uh, I can basically punch you still because I beat up a dragon. I'd be like, no, you didn't. <laughs> oh, you can punch you still. Yeah, I would still say don't I think you beat up a dragon. Until I saw the dragon carcass 
on the ground. No, but in defense. No, could be. They were. They were inside it though. They didn't see it as we did because we. He was surrounded by its skeleton. Surrounded by a bone-like material to which he was too busy getting shot at to pay attention to. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. You you might have missed if you were being. Uh, if someone was attempting to kill you, the surroundings in which you were in. <laughs> Fair enough, but I still feel like it would. I feel like if they do it, it they will do like a Heroes for Hire instead of season threes. Well, they definitely won't do a season three or a season two, but Netflix has been cancelling a lot more stuff than they used to. So. Mm. To be honest, um, as far as Netflix are concerned, like you say, they've got so much more new stuff. Or, or bits that they're acquiring that if things aren't doing well they're probably like fuck it cut it what's the point trying to flog a dead horse yeah. you know what I mean so they're, they're getting more to be like a normal network now which is a shame because that's not how they used to operate and they gave shit more of a chance now they just like that nah, don't work get rid of it because two seasons mm. sometimes just isn't enough especially of a short show that takes some time to, to get used to I know to. what you mean and but Watching, say, the first... Like, I wouldn't have renewed the first season of Luke Cage. That's purely dumb because it's Marvel. They know it's Marvel. They know people are going to watch it. But the first season of Luke Cage, I thought, was fucking dreadful. I, I wouldn't have renewed that. The first season of Iron Fist probably wouldn't have renewed that, especially after the reception of Daredevil season one and two and Jessica Jones season one. And and the positive reviews, even even Daredevil season two, the positive reviews they got in comparison to Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's I would the have thing. Like it. people suck Luke Cage's dick a lot, and like it's some good thing. And I'm like Jessica Jones' worst season, which is a, in all honesty, pretty crap season. Probably as good, if not slightly better than Luke Cage season one. Because Luke Cage season one like just beats this dead horse yeah, yeah, yeah. over and over and over again, and it's just so dull. Whereas season two they revamped it a bit. There's different gangs. There's a little bit more going on. Whereas season one it was mostly him against Cottonmouth for the first half, and the second half Diamondback appears. And no, you're not even the second half. No, for the for the second half. Uh, Mariah comes out of the woodwork as being a mastermind bitch that came out of nowhere, and Diamondback comes in in like the last three episodes, and that's it. No, he comes back earlier because he shoots him, like in episode seven with the Jericho thing. He just appears and disappears for a little bit, but he's in it. Okay, but he's not. But that's what I mean. Like it's not. He shoots him with that bullet. Then Luke Cage goes to try and figure out how to heal himself. Then he's not around for like an episode or two, but then he comes back, yeah, towards the last three episodes. Yeah. I mean, the, Luke Cage, for me, has been the most difficult to watch. But I think, like I said, uh, really? I- Iron Fist, the reason it was easier, Danny, Danny is, he was difficult to watch, but he had a supporting cast that made the rest of the show easier to watch. With Luke Cage, Luke Cage is the reason that you watch the show. And the supporting cast I just found were fucking dreadful. And they took up most of yeah. Luke Cage's show. Because you, for a show about him, he was in maybe like, I don't know, half the episode, let's say. 
and the other half was everyone else doing whatever they were doing. So that's like, if an hour long is only half an hour worth watching for every episode. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, with with I mean, Danny Rand, it was like there was maybe like ten minutes where he was being a cunt by himself. Every other time, you had someone else to to pick the scene up. Um, and that that's the only reason I think Iron Fist was easier I to watch. I also feel like the story in season one of Iron Fist is a lot more interesting than the story of Luke Cage. Well, I think the s- like, season one of Iron Fist mystery, is leading towards... There's some like with, with Harry and the hand and stuff. Like, honestly, I found it interesting just but, watching it. Like, I was like, why has he been revived? Who killed his parents? Do you know, yeah. there was a, a level of mystery where there were questions that needed to be answered, and they kind of were answered. And For like, sure. Why does he come back? But I think that comes Whereas off the Luke back Cage, of season like, two of Daredevil. He decided to go to Harlem, hide out. It's like, but you owned a bar. Yeah. <laughs> why are you hiding? Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. He owned the bar that she went to. Did he or did he not? Like, that was a thing. I completely forgot about that. At least he worked in that bar. He wasn't exactly incognito. And he was acting like he was this fugitive the whole fucking Mm. first season. And I was so confused. Yeah, I completely forgot about that, actually. This is nothing like what you were in season one of Mm. Jessica Joe. And that, that, I think that like, for me is the most... I'm pretty sure he owned the bar, right? That's not in my head, in Jessica Jones. Does he? They mention whether he owns it or not, but I can't remember what the answer is. I think he does, because... Yeah, I seem to think he does, because she thinks he's just like just so, someone who works there, and it turns out that he owns it, I think, is what it what it is. But... But How? Just quickly going back to the Iron Fist thing, I think the reason the season one of Iron Fist is more appealing in the story is because it comes off the back of Daredevil season two and leads into what the Defenders yeah. is going to be. Because you know you yeah. know Defenders is coming after Iron Fist season one, whereas Luke Cage isn't surrounded by that. What really disappointed me with Luke Cage is how fucking good he was in Jessica Jones. Because I was so excited for Luke Cage. Yeah. I was, I was genuinely so... And maybe that's my own fault for getting hyped up about it. But I was genuinely excited. Yeah. And it was just such a disappointment. But yeah, I wouldn't have renewed either of those seasons. I think with Jessica Jones and Daredevil... I think you probably even though would have for Luke Cage. Because while, while we didn't like it, it was critically acclaimed... To, to some people at least okay like no one really gave it a bad review so if you didn't like it you were a racist <laughs> you know it was one of them ones right like if you said Black Panther was it was a good film and not the greatest Marvel film of all time people would be like you're just being racist but you know it's, it's one of them ones where I mean uh, because uh, Black Panther black is... and all the main characters are black you can't if you're white be critical of the show is what I felt. People were too scared. Like, you you couldn't see, like, someone on IGN, for example, or Rotten Tomatoes giving it a bad review because mm. they'd get crucified if they did. Because yeah. I don't think, objectively, if you watch that show, you can say it's on par with the other two. But no. if you looked at the reception it got, 
when it came out, it was people were putting it on par with Daredevil season one. Well, as she's saying that, I think my dad liked it. I seem, th- I seem to think him Did texting you? me saying that it was very good. And my my rea- I was like asleep when I was when I read the message, because uh, that's a thing that you can do apparently. No, uh, obviously because of the time difference between New Zealand and the UK, um, when he's watching a TV show at night and texts me about it, it's fucking the early hours of the morning the next day. So the only time I see it is when I'm waking up to get up and I'll sort of look at my phone for the time and half read the message and I'll be like, okay, cool. But with that one, I was just like, huh, what? I think I misread that. I'll read it later. And then never did. So, so it's, it's listed somewhere in my messages that um, well, what he actually thought about it. But I think we've spoken about this long enough, and we've probably gone round in in circles for quite for quite a while. Enough. Um, been Donald Trump again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I guess we'll just end on uh, hurry up and finish Daredevil season three because it is fucking amazing. Devil's Advocate, three rounds. Marvel TV, Marvel movie. So guys, welcome to Devil's Advocate. This is the uh, debate part of our show where we both have to argue something that we truly don't believe in. So this episode, I will be debating that Marvel TV is better than Marvel movies. Uh, and Andrew will be doing vice versa. In all honesty, just so everyone knows, I like both. <laughs> so I feel like I have an advantage in this particular one. Andrew, on the other hand, does not like movies. So <laughs> I think if he does a good job, you got to give him the point. <laughs> Even if I... If, just, just purely because I have that advantage... I don't think it's fair to him. Sometimes it's the other way around, which we haven't really ever done before. We've never explained. No, so we, we tend like to just jump to into it. Doing. Yeah. Like, Skyward Sword, anyone who knows me would know I loathe that game. However, I also don't love Ocarina of Time. So, <laughs> it would have been hard either way for me. Yeah. So, he had the easier round there. Uh, but then saying uh, that, we also had X-Men and Justice League, where I can't stand the Justice League films, and you can't stand the X-Men films, so that was uh, that was quite a good one. Yeah. Uh, also, but, this debate excludes the uh, X-Men films. If it included them, so, I'd win this hands down just talking about X-Men as well. <laughs> uh, I, unfortunately, sir, do not have my phone with me. It's charging at the moment, so cool. I will leave the timing to you. Yes, sirree, Bob. Are you ready? Give me a 3, right. 2, 1. 3. Is my time ago? One, start. So, the Marvel TV universe is much newer than the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It began with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, some would say that that's not a great show. That's because they watched only half of season one and didn't give it a chance. If you continued it after season one, you'd see that it expands and brings in certain things that you haven't seen in in the movies. Uh, So... It really opened up the world. Because of that TV show, you then started getting other shows, beginning with the Netflix shows. Now, the Netflix shows are critically acclaimed shows. They've got things like Daredevil, Jessica Jones. To my opinion, Luke Cage isn't as critically acclaimed, but still critically acclaimed. And then, unfortunately, Iron Fist and the Defenders. Not very big hits, but 
still things most people have watched. Lastly, you've got things that are coming now out of the woodworks. The TV shows have done so well that the networks have started doing joint ventures. So you've got Legion and The Runaways, I think, which while X-Men properties are just like with Spider-Man, using Marvel to Time. create the shows. It's not. It's so hard not having a time need. <laughs> I have no idea how long I've spoken for. Uh, it was like a minute and thirty-one right seconds. All right. right. I mean, you could have always I just agree. got the clock up on your computer and just had a look at that. Yeah, but I'm not doing that. I'm gonna yeah. trust you that you're doing your time. Uh, and I appreciate that. Start. Are you ready? <laughs> cool. Um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. What it has done for comic book film is incredible. It has genuinely brought together something that we never thought would happen in a, on a decent scale. You know, you had like a Justice League film back in the 90s, but that was a piece of shit. This actually brought everything together in such a way that everyone was like, fuck, yes, we can see actual comic books in film. And that's what that's done. It's it's brought all these different elements over 20 years together to create one masterpiece. And I just think you can't you can't beat that. Just even outside of Marvel by itself, you know, you look at what uh, DC have tried to do because of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You look at what Fox have tried to do. They tried to revamp like fucking fantastic four a couple of times just to to be able to bring them into the whole fox universe and they just can't do it but marvel cinematic universe did it and they did it well those are my opening statements i've got six seconds left so i'm gonna drag it out a bit done you don't have to be a minute <laughs> and a half exactly mate i was like five seconds away i was like <laughs> fuck it i might as well just drag it out <laughs> justice league movie from the 90s what are you talking about yeah there was a film in the 90s it was like it wasn't batman and superman it was like flash and freeze girl and like literally just anyone that was a b character that didn't have a movie they, they made a justice league movie green lantern was in it actually Ky kyle rayner yeah it was it was a piece of shit that's why it genuinely genuinely was a piece of shit it might have been a tv movie right. actually it was that bad. I think so. I know they did it with fucking Smallville, so... Ah, uh, yeah, it was worse than that. Can you imagine? Alright. Alright, do you want um, to count down? Alright. While Andrew is right that the Marvel Cinematic Universe has uh, uh, opened up the streams, and it even helped create the TV shows, that doesn't explain why it's better than the TV shows. When you think about the Netflix shows, for example, they're cohesive stories that uh, are like a very long movie, you know, there's there's lots, but you because of that, you get character development. Some of the best villains that Marvel has had have been from the TV shows, not from the movies. You've got the Purple Man and you've got Kingpin, both some of the best villains you will see on TV. Luke Cage even had Bushmaster, which was a different take on a villain. He was an evil man to some respects, but was also a respectable gangster. So even that was, was quite different from what you see with the Marvel villains. I mean, the, the most praised villain that I've seen after Tom Hiddleston was Killmonger. 
and his idea was retarded and people still praised him for being such a complicated villain so just just based on villains alone the marvel cinematic universe uh loses to the tv universe uh it's interesting you talk about villains because what is more villainous than fucking thanos mate did you not see that shit in the last film that is a villain Honestly, what is more villainous than the most powerful thing in the universe? And you know how you got to Thanos? By 18 years of multiple movies. That is that is future planning. That is going from the first Iron Man film, which I thought was pretty shit and shouldn't have sparked a revolution, but it did. And you know what? I'm glad it did because the Avengers have come together finally you ma- do you remember reading comic I feel books sorry. no I do you remember you. reading comic books and just being like holy <laughs> shit imagine seeing this on screen and then they do it they did it well fucking joss whedon got in there and was like you know what fuck it i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna have humor that you've got in comic books i'm gonna have fighting action scenes that you've got in comic books i'm gonna bring it all together like a motherfucker and i'm gonna do it well and he did he fucking spanked fucking wilson fisk out of the water that's what happened it was beautiful also the whole thor series is amazing and the first avengers film had everyone from thor so that was perfect as well and done boom um three two one go so andrew's talked about thanos being one of the uh, biggest villains thanos's villainhood is overrated in my opinion he was not that big of a villain he had a good plan which was to eradicate half the universe but you know what thanos's almighty power couldn't eradicate half of the marvel tv universe they're all good, they're all gravy, even though they share the same universe, because the Marvel TV universe outpowers Thanos. Fuck yeah. Marvel TV so universe has so many shows and is able to expand a universe much more than the movies can, and much more effectively. It also allows you to develop characters and villains uh, and it feels more like watching a comic book than the TV show, uh, than the films do. So I think the TV shows don't get the credit they deserve, and the movies suck up all the glory. And I think that's you've still got like twenty seconds. I don't need it. Oh, fine. End. My closing remarks are my closing remarks, bitch. I'm good. I'm confident. <laughs> I'm gonna add shit, just cause. Okay, fine. <laughs> Fine, if you're so confident that you don't you're need it. <clears throat> um, I mean, you're the one that... I'm going to just distract you with me eating crisps. Three, two, one, go. You know, the Marvel TV shows, I'm not going to deny they are good. I do enjoy them. Uh, but there is nothing more exciting than going to the cinema, sitting in the overpriced seats that they charge for cinemas nowadays. No, and being no, blown away. No, 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 Being blown away. That doesn't sound like you're arguing the point, Andrew. You can't do that. You've got to be... Being blown away by the immersive content that you see on screen. Because that's what the MCU is. It's it's a it's a beautiful amalgamation of everything of the past twenty years that has brought 
Stories right back from 2008 that are still relevant in 2018. And TV shows don't last that long. Fuck it, Netflix cancelled two of them. How many MCU films have they cancelled? I don't actually have an answer. I assume it's none. Because they're all fucking epic. Well, that never actually came out. I mean, those that released, they had planned sequels. Planned sequels always came out. You could name any number of them, no matter how many you want. Even if you thought it was shit, there's still a sequel. Because you know what? You're wrong. They're not shit. That's pretty much my time. I think I did pretty well. My negativity was only on the cinema because I find cinemas overpriced and ridiculous for what you're actually watching. So on our next podcast, you can look forward to us talking about hot dogs. Are they a sandwich? sandwich. (laughs) I say no. Andrew says yes. All right. Let's go on to homework and our goodbyes, Andrew. So... Andrew, yes. for homework, you have quite a, quite a nifty little idea. I quite like it. Uh, it's not actually uh, my idea. It's uh, someone else's that they messaged in to me as a, as a good idea. It's a, it's a fan-selected idea. A fan? A fan. We have, we have a fan. So we've we've had we've had a few different styles of music going back between us back and forth. This idea yes. is that you would listen to an original song and then the cover of the song that is slightly different and it's not necessary the cover's not better than the original or not worse than the original. It's just a different style. So I've got three tracks that right. that I was going to get you to listen to, and then you would listen to three covers of those tracks. So if you've heard one of them before, that's fine. I have some backups, I guess. So the first one I was going to give you, uh, if you've seen the film Chef, you've probably heard this song, but it's uh, Sexual Healing. So the original, or the original as I know for these songs, I don't know who actually originally done them, but the ones I know. Uh, so you've got Marvin Gaye doing Sexual Healing. The right. cover of the song is by Hot 8 Brass Band. So uh, right. it's, it's it's a real so difference. Is there a difference between them? Yeah. So Marvin Gaye is obviously quite a central version. This is mm-hmm. a lot... Well, it's done by a brass band. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think they're from New Orleans. You can either you can either watch the the video they've got on on YouTube of them basically walking the streets of New Orleans, playing their instruments, singing to strangers, uh, or you can listen to the audio version if it's on Spotify. But that's it, it's such a good uh, contrast to the original that while while I listen to it, I don't even think of the original. I just hear it as its own song. So I think that's a really a really good one to, to get yeah, with. Yeah, that's very important sometimes with covers. For sure. So the the next one is Hey Ya by Outcast, you probably know. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, I've got this one everyone knows. No. Yeah. So the cover is so, by so the Odin Parker. No, 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 not that one. Now this one's done by Odin Parker. Uh, it is acoustic. Is it similar in vein? Uh, to a degree. The the one in Scrubs that's uh, that's done with the ukulele is a lot slower. This one's a bit is a bit quicker. So Odin Parker, did you say sorry? Yeah. So it's 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 a bit quicker, and I think it actually was done before the Scrubs version. But it's yeah, it's I sort of similar. Inspired one. This is what inspired that version. Mm. So, so I haven't so, heard it, but I'll give it another listen. 
Oh, for, for um, sure. They make it such a beautiful song. <laughs> I, fuck, I had my other one. That was it. I, I'm not sure. Do you know the song Get Free by Major Lazer? Um, I'm going to say no, but probably. Sure. Uh, so it's not typically my sort of track. I was going to say, I didn't even know you knew the words Major Lazer. <laughs> were an artist. So I, surprisingly... I actually really like this song, Get Free by Major Lazer. It's the one that features Amber of Dirty Projects, uh, and it's a it, it's a bit of a fucking tune. My girlfriend thinks it's, um, well, has this theory that the, the song is based about the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina, and when you listen to the tune, you're like, yeah, I can 100% see that. The cover that I want you to listen to as well as the original is the one by Newton Faulkner, and again, oh, wow. it's it's a much more acoustic version, a- but for me, it the Newton Faulkner version made me enjoy the original version more just because I was able to just like hear it in a in a way that my I guess my brain appreciates so because it's more acoustic I uh, I, I listen to it more yeah. but then after hearing that and listening to the original again I was able to, to I guess understand and appreciate the original one more so I thought yeah. there'd be three good tracks that are completely different from their originals but still good in their own right not necessarily better but still good yeah I like that I think I want to do the same thing actually I had a different one but I want to do the same thing as you because I like this idea I think it's, it's quite clever I like the idea of introducing new things to people yeah so have you heard so this is technically a cover of two songs which is Telegraph Avenue and Sober, which is a childish Gambino track. And then I want you to listen to just write Daniela Andrade, childish Gambino. In fact, I'll just put the link. Oh, if you're just going to throw the link in, that's cool. I've heard her do Creep, the I think I put radio it on head the song at one point. Yeah, on our old ones. Yeah, I think that's where that's where I first heard her. Was that track, yeah. and I quite, I quite like it. So, yeah, and my girlfriend really, likes Childish really Gambino, so I'm sure, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I've got access to that. Then the postmodern jukebox. Uh, I'm gonna make you listen to Justin Bieber, <laughs> which makes me happy. All right, uh, fuck it then. You can listen so, to Taylor Swift and uh, <laughs> fucking Last Christmas. That's what you can listen to. <laughs> <laughs> nah, you've already picked your songs, mate. So. Uh, this is the cover I'm gonna I'm gonna want you to listen to, uh, which is the postmodern jukebox version of Justin Bieber's "Love Yourself." I have actually heard a cover of that, which I've yeah, I quite liked. I didn't realize it was him at the time. It was like two people yeah. playing acoustic the, That's the thing about that song. Cover. If it's not him singing it, it's a pretty decent song, I yeah. think. It's well, because, because it's him, we don't like it. it. I would assume. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, and then, Ninja Sex Party. Wish you were here. Since I made you listen to Justin Bieber, I feel like it's only fair that I let you listen to Pink Floyd too. Because I'm a nice guy. Oh, thank you. I'm not going to force you to. So, those are my songs. So, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. Technically two songs for Childish Gambino, which is Sobar and Telegraph Avenue, and Daniela Andrade's version, which is a mix of both of them. But I'd say you need to listen to more Telegraph Avenue than Sobar. And lastly, 
Love Yourself by Justin Bibiara and the Bibiara jukebox version of that song. Cool. Alright? Um, just, just a quick thing. So the Wish You Were Here one, I would say almost exactly the same. So while I do like covers that are unique and a bit different, I also like it when it is it feels like a proper like homage to the original. The original. Yeah. They just they just try to do it themselves. For sure. And they might have a little little quirk or a little difference, but it's still basically just, hey, we really like this song. We don't want to change it, it's fine the way it is. We just want to perform it. Here's, here's my voice doing it. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. All right. So, guys, you can find us on Instagram. Our Instagram is bid.semi.podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. If you go on facebook.com forward slash bid in the semi, you can find us on Anchor. Although, how you're listening to us without finding us on Anchor, I don't know. Uh, our Anchor is anchor.fm forward slash beard in the semi, I believe. You can also find us on Twitter, which is at beard semi. What else? You can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is supercalifragilistic. If you like what I'm about, you can maybe listen to uh, my, or watch my Let's Play videos uh, with my good buddy Aaron, which is Drop the Pad. That's on YouTube. It's pretty funny, I think. I haven't done anything in a long while, but you know, if people are interested, uh, I might might do some stuff. Maybe Andrew can join us. And you can find Andrew on Twitter, but I don't know why he would. It's, uh, I think, at, at Andrew James, but there's two Ds in his, his name because reasons that still are unexplainable to me. He says there's a reason, but there isn't one. Uh, and I think that's it. But, Andrew, you have a clever way of everyone contacting us if I missed anything. And what is that, Andrew? Uh, if you go to uh, daredevil.co.uk forward slash contact, you can find everything that David just mentioned, as well as finding everywhere that you can find our podcast. Cool! So, next time on Drop the Pad... No, no, it's not Drop the Pad, David. So I mentioned Drop the Pad earlier, and now it's in my brain, Andrew. So, next time on Beard in the Semi, you can look forward to us arguing about hot dogs and talking about our cover songs. And I'm not sure what else, because we yeah. pick shit on the fly sometimes, and <laughs> I don't have any particular topic. Like a half a day a bit before. At the end, I don't know. Uh, but if you're interested in finding out which is better, hot dog sandwiches or not hot dog sandwiches, or which one is or isn't, I don't know how we're going to do minute and a half for three times to find out who wins yeah that i mean we, argument. we might need to change the formula of the, the debate a bit a tiny bit maybe we'll bit. maybe we'll throw some more in we'll just do a minute and a half of is a hot dog a sandwich or not and then a minute and a half of a different confectionery item is a fajita a sandwich or not or well, no, a fajita is a fajita. You know, it's, it's bread in a way, isn't it? It's bread. But in that case, is a pizza a sandwich? I guess everyone's going to find That's out next week one. when we debate this. <laughs> so I'm going to argue everything is not a sandwich, and you're going to argue everything is a sandwich. Everything is a sandwich. Lasagna. Cool. Stick it between two pieces of bread. Fucking sandwich. No, that don't count. It has to have bread already on it. Depends how you make lasagna. No one makes it with bread that no one fucking makes mental. Lasagna with bread, so no one. 
person. Nah, but when you reheat it, and, okay, just a life tip for you. If you've got leftover lasagna, reheat it in the microwave, put it between two buttered pieces of bread, you have the most perfect lasagna sandwich. Mate, it is a perfect hangover food. If you don't want to eat kebab and shit like that, and and for whatever reason you've got leftover lasagna, instead that is the way to go. Cheese with some bechamel sauce, <laughs> some butter, and some bread with a lot of cheese and minced meat, which could be any meat, because that's way better than that piece of chicken from the kebab place. Yes, because at least you know what's Good in effects. it. Hey, it's time to go. I've eaten this whole episode because I'm hungry. <laughs> Um, I've drunk this whole episode because that's just what I seemingly do. <laughs> Sweet. So, guys, like, subscribe, review, follow on iTunes, contact any, any other ones. Contact us. You know, us we take fan suggestions. You want to touch our bodies? Make a hmm? suggestion. Yeah, make a fan suggestion. You know, we like suggestions. That's uh, what I have in this and episode. Maybe look out for our for our YouTube as well because I'm gonna put the debates up. Just the debates. So, you know, if you want to refresh yourself as to who won every single debate so far, me, uh, Dan, you know, you can do that. And our homework. Anytime now, Andrew's got to do this forfeit, and I can't wait. We've almost done 10, mate. <laughs> All right, guys. Toodle-byes. Sayonara. Yeah, I didn't hear a word of that because you're fucking chewing Doritos or whatever you're eating. Mm. Christmas.